0: The petition to seal the probable cause affidavit is released in the Delphi homicide case. Apparently, Paul Murdoch was not a good boyfriend. Guess the old apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, allegedly. Brian Koberger has some more admirers. Another teacher has been arrested. Can you guess what the teacher is alleged to have done? Hmm. And then finally, our dumb criminal of the day. Let's talk about it. Good day, everyone. My name is Scott Reich, and this is Crime Talk. Thanks for joining us. I want to thank everybody for joining in last night for our live program as well as our Patreon show. I enjoyed it. I hope that you did as well. All right. You know the drill. Subscribe if you haven't. Like if you do. Hit that little bell for notifications. Leave me a comment. And remember, you can listen to us on any of your favorite podcasting apps. Now, Let's support the people that support Crime Talk. Please go to crimetalksearch.com, sign up for that background subscription service. When you do, you can perform as many background searches as you desire. That report is literally gonna be generated while you wait. It's gonna be emailed to you. You can download it, do with it what you choose, but it's gonna have information as to whether somebody, I don't know, do they own property? Do they have liens against them? Bankruptcies, criminal histories? Do they have to put themselves on one of those public registries? Hmm, yeah, things you wanna know about people coming into your life, check them out. Who knows, could save your life someday, that's for certain. All right, let's go ahead and open the docket for February 22nd of 2023. First on the docket, the petition to seal the charging documents in the Delphi homicide case against Richard Allen have been released. Now this goes back to October 28th from 2022, but I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, be afraid. These are public servants that are supposedly out there to protect everyone's constitutional rights. And what have I said? Listen, you may not like criminal defense attorneys, heck, they may not like you, but the reality of it is they are defending your constitutional rights every day by defending the people that have been criminally accused of a crime. So the district attorney in this particular case, uh, Nicholas C. McClelland, and who's the Carroll County prosecuting attorney, states under oath that he wants no access to the charging information, the probable cause affidavit, and other court documents filed in this cause of action. And they say the public interest will be secured by sealing of the record, that the dissemination of the information contained in this record will create a serious and imminent danger to the public interest, that any prejudicial effect created by dissemination of the information cannot be avoided by any reasonable method other than sealing of a record. That there is a substantial probability that sealing the record will be effective in protecting the public interest against the perceived danger, and that the public interest will be substantially served by prohibiting access for the reasons that the release of the information might damage an ongoing murder investigation, or that the access or dissemination of the court record will create a significant risk of substantial harm to the requester or other persons." and therefore they requested the court prohibit public access to those said documents. Okay, they regurgitated the statute. First of all, let's admit it. This should be offensive to everyone. And if it's not offensive, explain to me why it is not. We live in an open society. The public has a right to know what crime is taking place in the jurisdiction in which they live. Frankly, everybody has a right to know. Um, this kind of nonsense by public officials, we've seen it in the Lori Vallow case, uh, we've seen it in the Koberger case, we've seen it in the Allen case. Hate to break it to everybody, but there are cases much more serious that are open to the public. Everywhere across this country. I don't know what it is where prosecutors somehow think, oh, the media is going to be involved in this. They're going to be curious about this. Therefore, we must have no access to the public because we hope it will all go away if the public can't get access to it. Nonsense. Fortunately, the court ultimately basically reversed themselves and released the affidavit once the court saw that there wasn't anything so earth shattering and it was gonna be, oh my gosh, so scary because the American public cannot handle scary information um, because they're too stupid to be able to decipher what's true and what's not. Thank goodness the court did that. But this is weak and the court, as you may recall, that originally went along with this was the same judge that recused himself. Well, he's a weak judge too. Okay, he should just quit being a judge right now because if he can't deal with a little uh, public scrutiny of the criminal justice system, then he needs to get off. I just do not understand why these people that're supposedly there to protect us all think we're all too stupid and that we can't have access to this information. I want to thank one of our subscribers who sent this to me. I didn't know that it had just been released, but it is offensive. Um, and so weak on its face that I can't believe a court would actually have uh, granted that. It's nothing more than a regurgitation of the statute with no supporting allegations whatsoever. Just absolutely makes me livid. All right, next on the docket, apparently old Paul Murdoch, I know you don't wanna disparage the deceased, but hey, if his girlfriend or his ex-girlfriend is gonna do it, why can't we? All right, just joking. I know he's not here to defend himself, but Paul Murdoch's longtime girlfriend has uh, broken her silence regarding Paul Murdoch and describes physical abuse and claimed his family wants to help cover up a serious car accident where he was maybe drinking and driving. So Morgan Doty has spoken of her relationship with Alec Murdoch's uh, younger son, Paul, for the first time in a new Netflix documentary titled Murdoch Murders, a Southern Scandal. Now, she describes him as an abusive partner who would often drink, claiming that one night he started kicking her and when she told him to stop, grabbed her by the throat and punched her. Sounds like a real nice guy. Now, uh, Doty detailed the events following the 2017 Christmas party where she alleged a drunk Paul Murdoch crashed his truck with his family rushing to the scene to get and retrieve and ultimately hide guns and various beer cans that were in the vehicle before the police actually arrived. She also recalled how the family's housekeeper, Gloria Satterfield, had found bags of pills belonging to Alec Murdoch, who we all know now is addicted to opioids, and told Paul about it the same year she died uh, from a fall at their estate. The new allegations come amid the fifth week of Mr. Murdoch's trial, which continues on. And um, obviously, he's accused of shooting Paul and his wife, Maggie, back on June 7th of 2021. Now, Dowdy, who moved to South Carolina with her parents when starting high school, said she had a strong connection with Paul and that the two began going out in their junior year of high school. And Dowdy said that she and her friends would hang around Paul's home, where his parents allegedly offered the minors liquor on a regular basis. Whenever she came around there, apparently. It was very normal for them to be drinking and have lots of alcohol always stocked in the house, according to the ex-girlfriend. Uh, the claims of the Murdoch's prevalent drinking culture matches that of uh, what Dodie told the police after the 2019 boat accident of Mallory Beach, where she was obviously killed, where Paul was the driver. In her affidavit in that particular case, Daddy provided 25 videos of minors drinking alcohol with Alex and his family present, Paul's alleged constant drinking, she says, uh, basically helped sour their relationship, and her friends warned her to stay away from him. Now, in this uh, new documentary, her friend Miley Altman said that she and Beach would tell Dowdy to end things with Paul, saying the couple would break up over the weekend and then get back together again the following week. They. Uh, Describing her relationship with Paul, Dowdy, said, I think that our relationship is just something that I could really clung to just because when it was good, it was really good, but when it was bad, it was really bad. Hmm. She said their arguments began getting physical, and it all came to a head uh, one night when they were celebrating Buster Murdoch's graduation, and Paul began kicking her at a hotel where they were staying. Now, Dowdy noted that Paul was drunk, and... um When he told her to stop, he grabbed her by the throat. He allegedly got on top of her and um, began screaming at her and telling her to shut up. On the date of the boat crash, uh, Dowdy alleged that Paul slapped her and spit at her as well. So, sounds like a real nice guy. I know he's not here to defend himself, but his girlfriend is making these allegations. Um, Doesn't surprise me, uh, really, the whole, everybody should be drinking, let the minors drink, creates nothing but issues, creates a mentality of we can do whatever we want. Dad, come fix my problems. Dad, come fix my problems. Kind of a repeated theme throughout this, uh, whether it was Alec Murdoch and his, his dad trying to fix problems, uh, or Alec Murdoch trying to fix problems for his kids. Yep, now today the defense continues with their uh, defense in the case of Alec Murdoch, calling various witnesses to poke holes in the prosecution's theory of the case. Yesterday, we had the engineer who basically determined through physics that the individuals who uh, shot uh, Paul and Maggie were somewhere between the uh, height of 5'2 to 5'4, and therefore could not have been Alec Murdoch. Now, the prosecution went after the defense witness pretty hard yesterday, but um, the defense had the prosecution scurrying over there at the defense table. That was the first time I've seen any real movement or excitement from the prosecution team over there during that examination. I think it was somewhat effective. Today, witnesses have been called as it relates to the handling of the crime scene. One was Alec Murdoch's former law partner who arrived on the scene and said basically everybody kept showing up, and it was disrespectful as it related to Uh, not covering up Maggie and Paul at the scene. But um, on cross-examination, it did come out that uh, Alec Murdoch stole several millions uh, from the law firm that the law firm partners had to pony up themselves to cover up uh, or pay for uh, Alec Murdoch's lies. Everybody admits this guy, well, they thought they knew him, they knew him for 20 years, but yet he was lying to their face on every single day. They all knew this guy for 20 years, but yet he was lying to them. So they basically they figured out they didn't know him. Is that enough for the prosecution? I don't know. They haven't put him actually behind the gun just yet. There are no eyewitnesses. The defense is saying two people. If the defense is able to convince the jury of some doubt that maybe there were two people, that would be not guilty. Let me know in the comments what you think. Is the prosecution proving their case or is the defense poking holes in it? Now. The other day, old uh, Mr. Harp, um well, let's just say his uh, joke didn't go over that well. He was trying to uh, demonstrate a uh, component of the defense theory uh, when they had their engineer on the stand yesterday. Uh, basically, someone that, uh, who stands as tall as Alec Murdoch could not have possibly fired the shots. In an attempt to find a good location in the courtroom to depict the uh, shooter's stance, Mr. Harptulian and the uh, one point stood adjacent to the witness stand with the muzzle of the rifle he was holding, pointed squarely at the prosecution table as well as to the media seated directly behind the prosecution. And he said, quote, tempting, end quote. He joked as he brandished the weapon. Some people are literally trying to cancel Mr. Harptulian, who is a South Carolina legislator as well let me know. Clearly his timing was off. That's all we'll say about that. Uh, sometimes you just got to be careful. You may think it's funny. Others may not. Anyway, Brian Koberger, you know, Brian Koberger, the guy accused of the quadruple homicide in Idaho. We brought his story the other week where he had this admirer who just loves him. Well, guess what? He has more. That's right. Brian Koberger has a small but active following among some sympathetic social media users. There are apparently a handful of social media groups sympathetic to Koberger, who is accused of, obviously, stabbing four University of Idaho students to death for not uh, publicly known reasons. He could face the death penalty if convicted. And uh, there's a Justice for Brian Koberger site, a Facebook site with 3,000 members created just days after his arrest. There's the Brian Nation, apparently on Reddit, uh, with a thread titled, What Was It About Brian That Got Your Liking? Some people wrote why, why, um, why Brian Koberger is not guilty that garnered hundreds of comments. And there is a Facebook user who says she is a single mom from Kentucky and has penned dozens dozen of love notes describing the suspect as divine masculine. There's just something so magnetic about Brian," she wrote. And one frequent uh, Reddit commenter noted, "'If he really did creep women out, I don't know why. If he stared at me intensely, I would have walked over to him.'" She said in uh, that as she saw his first mug shot and said, "'Hot suspect.'" She said that she felt drawn to his pictures And uh, the um, coverage progressed and eventually turned to Google to find like-minded posters. She stated, quote, I am a psychopath and drawn to dark triad personalities. She claims if any of the information that has come out about him is true, this would be part of it for me. Wow. That person needs some freaking help. Okay. And hey, you know what? Maybe Koberger was just Nice guy, but awkward. Who knows? But what was he? 28 years old? Didn't really date. Maybe he's just awkward. Who knows? We'll give him the presumption of innocence. But um, I'm just I'm just gonna go on a limb here. Um, when you're accused of committing quadruple homicide, the, your dating pool should go down, okay? There are lots of eligible people that go to work, have jobs responsible that aren't accused of murder that should be in that dating pool, not the ones that potentially may never be getting out of prison. That's right. All right, next on the docket, Debbie Collier. Remember that? The woman who disappeared down there in Georgia? Well, Dr. Michael Bodden uh, believes that the Georgia mom was likely murdered and didn't kill herself as the authorities had claimed before. Now, the former New York City chief medical examiner said that Collier's autopsy raises significant questions about how law enforcement came to believe that she died by suicide, namely because the report notes she inhaled no soot or carbon monoxide. From a forensic point of view, that would indicate that she was dead before the fire started, Bodden said noting that soot and carbon monoxide are present 99% of the time when people die in a fire, especially self-emulation. The autopsy report um, provided to Mr. Bodden for review claims Collier died from inhalation of superheated gases, thermal injuries, and a hydrocodone intoxication, and speculates that she died in a flash fire due to the presence of a nearby gas can. Now, Collier, as you may recall, was reported missing on September 10th after she sent her daughter, Amanda, a Venmo payment for $2,385 with a message that said, They are not going to let me go. Love you. Her naked and badly burned remains were found in the woods some 60 miles north of her home a day later. Citing her toxicology report, Dr. Bodden said a little less than half of the people would die from those levels, but if she did die of an overdose, the question of how the fire started remains, he said, and then her cause of death should be labeled hydrocodone overdose uh, with post-mortem fire injuries. It makes it more confusing, he notes, the toxicology report. The forensic pathologist who was hired by the families of George Floyd, Michael Brown, and Jeffrey Epstein to do private autopsies and appeared in the show, Autopsy, said that the fact that Collier was apparently found naked makes him further question the suicide conclusion. Interesting case, but I'm not sure the state is gonna do anything about it. They'll say he's got his opinion and we have ours. Next on the docket, another teacher in trouble. What have I said, ladies and gentlemen, um, about this? You have to be careful with people around children. Why do they want to hang around children? Because they like the children. Be careful, be very, very cautious. Just saying, hey, I love my kids, I do. But I don't wanna go hang out with some other kids, strangers, kids. Don't, don't wanna do that. Just saying, something to think about. So this uh, athletic coach at a Miami area high school has been arrested after police said he filmed two 16-year-old students perform sex acts and badgered one of them for some sexual favors himself. Yaninsky Ramirez Martinez was arrested on Monday in Doral on charges including promoting sexual performance by a child, offenses against students by authority figures, and solicitation of sexual battery by an authority figure. Police say that on Valentine's Day, he enticed two teens who are students at the downtown Dural Charter Upper School to engage in these sexual acts while he filmed them, fist bumped the boy and pressuring the girl to perform the same act on him. Now, Mr. Ramirez Martinez, who has also worked at the school as a part-time security monitor, had been hired there just a few months ago, according to the police. The police chief noted that uh, within a few weeks of this guy getting a job, he already allegedly committed several felonies, so the police chief was glad to uh, put people like this in jail, called Mr. Ramirez Martinez extremely dangerous. The arrest affidavit states that on February 14th, Mr. Ramirez Martinez approached two students and made a lewd remark, then offered to take them to a private place to do whatever they want. Ramirez Martinez then led the young couple to an audiovisual room with a two-way window and told them that they could do it according to the arrest affidavit as Ramirez Martinez went to the adjacent room and filmed his uh, with his phone through the window as one of the teen performed various acts on the other. Police say security camera footage shows Ramirez Martinez approaching the door to the other room moments later before giving a thumbs up signal and a fist bump to the male student. Ramirez Martinez also encouraged the two students not to fall in love because they're too young, according to the arrest affidavit. And the next day, police say Mr. Ramirez Martinez approached the female student and told her that he had watched what she did with the male student and asked her to perform the same act on him arguing that she needed to be with someone more experienced. When the girl protested and asked whether he knew she was under 18, it's alleged that Mr. Ramirez Martinez responded that that's okay. That's the world we live in, ladies and gentlemen. And then finally on the docket, our dumb criminal of the day. A 30-year-old man in Washington state was arrested Friday for shooting up a Taco Bell because it was closed and the employee inside wouldn't make him food. Yes, this goes into the let it go category, but apparently not. According to the arrest affidavits, a man pulled up to the drive through window around 2 a.m. while employees were closing up. They told him that they were closed, and the man became incredibly upset and began banging on the glass, threatening to break in. He eventually left and parked nearby. One of the employees was leaving when they heard a gunshot. They called 911 to report the man had shot at them, Police arrived and he was hit with multiple charges. Obviously, you know, attempted murder, DUI. Shocking, he was under the influence of something. The guy gets the munchies at 2 a.m. and he winds up shooting somebody. Are you freaking out of your mind? I don't care if the guy was drunk, okay? Something like this, this guy is dangerous and needs to go to prison for a long time. Clearly can't control his intake, He's got impulse control issues, obviously. And frankly, he's just stupid. So sometimes stupid people, even if they're doing stupid things, need to go to prison for a long time. Just saying, that's ridiculous. And I don't know why, maybe I'm just fired up today. I don't know why, but somehow people think that's okay. And it's not. And I'm a defense attorney. As a member of the community, I'm outraged. That guy should go to prison. That's all we have for you today. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time on Crime Talk.